This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters in audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. Evermore Global Value Fund, Second Quarter 2021 Portfolio Commentary Dear Shareholder Global markets continued their positive gains in the second quarter. In the U.S., despite continued investor concerns about rising inflation rates and after impressive first-quarter GDP growth of 6.4%, the S&P 500 hit an all-time high in June. And, with the support of strong corporate earnings reports and a decline in COVID-19 cases, European markets also had a solid quarter. The Delta variant has renewed concerns about the prolonged impact the pandemic may continue to have in coming quarters. The good news for individuals who have been vaccinated is that the data shows that an overwhelming percentage of Delta variant cases, hospitalizations and deaths have been associated with unvaccinated individuals. Thus, the push to ramp up vaccinations in the U.S. and abroad continues. From our perspective, the news flow from around the world has been more positive than any time over the last few years. Growth is picking up in Asia, in Europe and here in the U.S. it turns out there really is pent-up demand across many sectors and industries. The confluence of additional stimulus checks for individuals, massive economic stimulus, and extremely low interest rates has created an environment for explosive growth around the globe. As we speak with corporate leaders, key regional investment banking firms as well as families and individuals that control companies, we have seen a resurgence of optimism about the future despite concerns about a new wave of COVID infections from the Delta variant. Although we share this optimism, if we were to boil down the fund's second quarter investment returns to one word, it would be frustrating. The Evermore Global Value Fund had a disappointing quarter of investment performance, posting a small loss for the quarter. The loss was largely due to the performance of Atlantic Sapphire, discussed below, and several of our environmental, social and corporate governance, ESG positions. Portfolio Review Investment Performance Institutional class shares of the Evermore Global Value Fund, IFJIX or the fund, were down 0.14% for the quarter ended June 30, 2021. As shown in the chart below, the fund's performance in the second quarter lagged the performance of its benchmark indices and peer group. The performance data quoted represents past performance and is no guarantee of future results. Investment return and principal value will fluctuate so that an investor's shares, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than their original cost. Current performance may be lower or higher than the performance data quoted. Performance data current to the most recent month end may be obtained by calling 866 Evermore, 866-383-7667. The fund imposes a 2% redemption fee on shares redeemed within 90 days. Performance data quoted does not reflect the redemption fee. If reflected, total returns would be reduced. Portfolio Review Characteristics The fund ended the quarter with $264.8 million in net assets and 37 issuer positions. As of quarter end, 68.4% of the fund's net assets were in micro and small capitalization, up to $2 billion, companies, 11.7% were in mid-capitalization, between $2 billion and $10 billion, companies, and 16.6% were in large capitalization, greater than $10 billion, 
Companies. Set forth below please find the following geographic and strategy classification breakdowns, shown as a percent of fund net assets, as of quarter end. Portfolio Review New Investments The fund ended the quarter with three new positions, Hemnet Group AB, Sweden, Montana Aerospace AG, Germany, and Mudrick Capital Acquisition Corporation II, U.S. Hemnet Group AB, HemSS, is the leading online real estate classifieds business in Sweden. Hemnet was created in 1998 by the larger Swedish real estate broker community and media outlets, Dagens Nyheter, Jadabors Posten, and for its first 15 years in existence the organization did not charge sellers a fee for listing a property. And, while nominal listing fees were instituted in 2013, Hemnet's commercialization journey really only began in 2017, after General Atlantic and Sprint's capital acquired control of the firm. Needless to say, Hemnet remains in the early innings of its business transformation. As has been demonstrated internationally and across several industry verticals including real estate, the online classifieds market is typically a winner-takes-most market where strong network effects consistently reinforce the top player's market position. In Hemnet's case, sellers are incentivized to list their property on Hemnet given the site's strong traffic levels, at least 11x greater traffic than its closest competitor and relatively low listing fee. On average a base listing fee is just tilde 0.05% of a property's value. Just as importantly, brokers are incentivized to pitch sellers on Hemnet as a listing venue as they receive commissions and fees from Hemnet. This aligned relationship between sellers and brokers results in a positive feedback loop, providing Hemnet a near-impenetrable moat around its business. Today, Hemnet's dominance in the Swedish market cannot be overstated. More than 90% of all properties sold in Sweden are listed on Hemnet, and the brand enjoys near 100% awareness among buyers and sellers. For the company, in 2020 Hemnet had on average 63 million monthly web-slash-app sessions, for context, Sweden has a population of 10 million. And, according to YouGov, the only media brands in Sweden that rank higher than Hemnet in the eyes of consumers are Spotify, Netflix, YouTube, and SVT, the Swedish national public television broadcaster. We initiated a position in Hemnet during the second quarter as we participated in the stock's initial public offering. While Hemnet does not necessarily screen as cheap on near-term estimates, we believe the business is massively under-earning given that it currently prices its product well below the economic value it provides customers. For example, Australian peer RIA Group, RIA AU, realizes fees equal to 0.33% of the sales price for an average property. This is about 5.5x the rate that Hemnet realizes, despite Hemnet enjoying a more dominant relative market position, for instance, Reasite traffic is 2x that of its nearest competitor versus 11x for Hemnet. Coupled with a very low level of capital intensity and the rollout of new service offerings, we believe this latent pricing opportunity will provide a powerful tailwind and allow for free cash flow to compound at a strong double-digit compound annual growth rate, CAGR, for many years to come. Over time, we believe Hemnet shares will compound in value at a similar CAGR as free cash flow. Mudrick Capital Acquisition Corp. 2, MUDS US, is a special-purpose acquisition company, SPAC. In April, the company announced a plan to merge with the TOPS company, a maker of trading cards and confectionery products. We initiated a position in MUDS soon after the merger was announced. TOPS Incorporated in 1947, originally as TOPS Chewing Gum Company, 
and their most successful early product was Bazooka Bubblegum, which was packaged with a small comic on the wrapper. Several years later, Tops developed their first trading cards and began packaging them with their gum, primarily to drive gum sales. Tops went public for the first time in 1972, and has twice been taken private, the last time in 2007 when Michael Eisner and private equity firm Madison Dearborn acquired the company. Today, Topps Trading Cards business hosts a diversified portfolio of intellectual property, IP, built upon long-term strategic licensing partnerships with global iconic brands including MLB, NHL, WWE, Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, and UEFA. Most notably, Topps' relationship with MLB dates back about 70 years and remains very strong today as Topps continues expanding their MLB offerings in digital trading cards and, most recently, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. The traditional trading card business has enjoyed a boom over the last 18 months thanks to increased interest in the broader collectibles universe. This strength has only accelerated recently, allowing Tops in June to increase 2021 EBITDA guidance by tilde 30%, just 10 weeks after providing initial guidance. Our view is that Tops, through MUDs, is a very reasonably priced asset based on earnings and cash flows the business should produce this year. Building on near-term momentum in their core trading cards business, Tops has exciting growth opportunities ahead. Notably, Tops recently rolled out their first MLB NFT offering which was received with huge demand by collectors. While we are far from NFT experts, we believe NFTs have the potential to be a very good business for Tops as the company not only realizes revenue from primary NFT sales, but also, and more importantly, earns royalties each time an NFT trades in the secondary market. Regardless, with MUDs currently trading at about 10x current year, 2021-F-EBITDA, we do not believe we are paying anything for the NFT opportunity. Moreover, we are encouraged that Eisner is remaining chairman, and will not be selling a single share in the merger, and Madison Dearborn is only selling as the private equity fund in which their top's investment sits is winding down. With strong leadership at the top of the organization, we are optimistic the business will continue to be run with a disciplined owner-slash-operator mindset. Portfolio Review, Exited Investments The fund exited the following three positions during the second quarter. Middle.Gamesys Group, Gislane. As we discussed last quarter, in March, Gamesys received an all-cash acquisition offer from Bally's Corp., though the deal was structured such that Gamesys shareholders could opt for stock in the acquirer. In the second quarter, after weighing the merits of taking stock in Bally's, we instead sold the fund's Gamesys position into the market for a premium to the cash offer price and realized a substantial gain on the investment. Middle.Recor Systems Incorporated, Recur US. In February 2021, the fund participated in a primary offering of shares in Recor, a US-based technology company focused on vehicle identification systems sold to government entities. Shares proceeded to nearly double in short order, and we sold the position in mid-April for a sizable gain. When markets hand you a gift, sometimes it's best to ring the cash register. Middle.Kadere S.A., CDRSM. The operational recovery from the COVID-19 crisis has proven to be a much longer and costlier effort for Kadere than was anticipated, substantially impacting its operating business and balance sheet. In late April, the company announced a restructuring plan that would significantly dilute the existing shareholders when completed in September. Specifically, the current Kadere shareholders would receive 5% of the equity in the new operating company, 
while new senior bondholders would receive the majority 95% of the new entity. Given this development, we decided to liquidate our position, realize the loss on this investment, and redeploy the capital in new opportunities. Portfolio Review, Top Contributors and Detractors Below, please find the top four contributors to and detractors from fund performance in the second quarter and summaries for two of the most impactful contributors and detractors. Zim Integrated Shipping Services, ZIM, was the largest contributor to the fund's performance during the second quarter. With a market cap of $5.2 billion, Zim is an Israel-based containership operator that had its initial public offering on the New York Stock Exchange this past January. As a reminder, we discussed Zim at length in the Q1 2021 quarterly commentary as one of the new investments that we initiated during that period. There were several notable developments during the second quarter. Given the company's unique asset-light business model and targeted, global niche approach, Zim continued to generate exceptionally strong cash flows. Zim ended the period with approximately $1.25 billion in cash and about $915 million in net debt. Due to the strong operational performance, the company further strengthened its balance sheet by redeeming its Series 1 and Series 2 unsecured notes due in 2023. With the early redemption of the unsecured notes, Zim was no longer subject to certain dividend restrictions, and it declared a special dividend of $2 per share, which will be payable on Sept 15th, those X on August 24th. Lastly, management revised its 2021 full-year EBITDA guidance from $1.40 to $1.6 billion to $2.50-$2.7 billion, which was a sizable increase compared to the levels set last March. To that end, we continue to have high conviction in our position in Zim. Montana Aerospace AG, Aero SW, is a Swiss franc, CHF, 1.84 billion market capitalization Switzerland headquartered manufacturer of complex components, structures and customized assemblies for use on commercial aircraft and passenger vehicles. Montana has broad expertise in working with aluminum, titanium, copper, and other composite-slash-alloys and has its facilities located predominantly in low-cost countries across Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Shares in Montana were purchased in the fund via the company's May 2021 initial public offering completed at 25 Swiss francs and 65 centimes per share, and the investment was the second-largest contributor to performance in the quarter. In the deal, which was exclusively handled by a single German investment bank with which Evermore has a long-tenured relationship, approximately 42% of the company was sold, raising 506 million Swiss francs for debt reduction, planned expansion, and opportunistic mergers and acquisitions opportunities. Aero's founder-led and controlled owner, Montana Tech Components AG, MTC, did not sell any shares on the deal and continues to hold approximately 58% of the company. Notably, MTC has now successfully incubated each of its three industrial B2B portfolio companies through to successful IPOs, with Varda AG and Aluflexback AG seeing annualized returns from their 2017 and 2019 IPOs of 66.6% and 30.7%, respectively. Montana Aerospace has also performed admirably since its IPO, with shares appreciating 51.9% from the offering through quarter end. There were few major industries harder hit by the COVID-19 pandemic than commercial aircraft manufacturing. In the recent history prior to lockdown, aircraft deliveries had been plagued by missed deadlines, largely owing to overly long and complex supply chains. 
A key tenet behind our investment in Montana is that we believe the original equipment manufacturers are using the chaos of the pandemic, and in the case of Boeing, its own 737 MAX crisis, as an opportunity to simplify their supply chains in earnest, with the aim of improving delivery commitments, containing costs, improving quality control, and increasingly, ensuring compliance with carbon emissions regulations. OEMs have already begun to thin out the number of suppliers they directly or indirectly rely on, which is yielding larger and more collaborative relationships with those that remain. It certainly will not be an overnight process, but Montana, having a long and successful history of execution with the OEMs, has been one of the suppliers unofficially anointed a winner by Boeing and Airbus. This has equated to awarding Montana outsized future business and helping the company selectively consolidate the competitive landscape. For instance, from March 2020 to January 2021, months when build rates were being slashed and airlines were doing all they could to defer aircraft delivery, Montana's order backlog grew by over 1 billion euros to 3.9 billion euros. We believe this is testament to Montana's growing importance in the industry. Shares were purchased for 8x consensus 2023 EBITDA, a year which represents still subdued aircraft build rates. This may prove too conservative, as in recent days the industry has seen United Airlines order 270 new aircraft, and optimism around build rates on the Airbus A320 and Boeing 737 MAX ticking higher than most in the industry had expected at the time of the IPO. With clear organic and inorganic growth ahead, real margin opportunities as the business grows, and a top-caliber team, we believe a powerful combination of EBITDA growth and multiple expansion will continue to reward Montana shareholders for some time. Atlantic Sapphire, ASA No, a pioneer in the world's fledgling land-based salmon industry, was the largest detractor from fund performance in the quarter, falling by 35% during the period. In April, the company unfortunately suffered a mass mortality at its homestead, Florida facility stemming from a clogged drain pipe in one of its 36 grow-out tanks. What makes the event especially frustrating is that this vulnerability had actually been flagged as a risk and was scheduled to be addressed with a relatively simple and inexpensive fix. While the underlying problem has been addressed, the cash flow that would have come from the approximately 500 tons of salmon that were lost put a dent in Sapphire's financing plans for its Phase 2 expansion in Homestead. As a result, in June the company tapped equity markets, raising approximately $120 million via the sale of 10.3 million newly issued shares at Norwegian Krona, NOK, 98.60 apiece. It should be pointed out that subsequent to quarter end, Sapphire has experienced another, albeit less impactful mortality at its Danish facility. The issue stemmed fully from human error, and while the financial hit to the company will be minimal, the market is currently expressing an enhanced skepticism over the robustness of the company's systems and processes. For our part, while we expected one-off events to come with the territory, the frequency and severity of mortalities has been disappointing. Despite the above occurrences, we see today's prices as a fantastic buying opportunity and believe that there are very good reasons to remain optimistic. First, None of the issues heretofore have presented insurmountable technological challenges, but rather a combination of now-fixed mechanical quirks or process breakdowns-slash-human errors. Second, we know that Sapphire's Florida salmon tastes great, is of high quality, is in high demand, and can be sold at significant premiums to commodity product. Third, the construction of Phase 2 is well-funded and should be a much more streamlined undertaking than that of Phase I. 
We believe a successful phase 2 will be key to unlocking the significant latent value in Sapphire stock. Acre Biomarine, AKBM No, the world's largest krill farmer and krill-based products company, was a detractor to fund performance in the quarter, with shares falling by 24.6% in the period. In April, the company disclosed that Q1 2021 performance had been negatively impacted by a poor krill catch, Mother Nature not cooperating, and weakness in a key end market for its superba krill oil for human consumption. Specifically, in South Korea, where demand for krill oil supplements had been very strong, the Ministry of Food and Drug Safety last year publicly recalled 12 krill oil products that contained banned extraction solvents. While AKBM's products were never implicated, and in fact the company believes it may be the only producer currently allowed to sell into the country, consumer fear around the scandal has nevertheless impacted the company's sales. Challenging harvest conditions and one-off demand impacts aside, we continue to believe that in the future krill will serve a larger role in the health and nutrition of animals and humans alike. If true, Acre Biomarine, with its industry-leading asset base and intellectual properties, which has created scale and cost advantages, should reverse course and begin to reward shareholders over time. Closing Thoughts Over the past year, we have been talking about how we believe that European Union, EU, stimulus plans would have a dramatic impact on the economic recovery in Europe as well as on European stock prices. And now, it is starting to happen. During the second quarter, the European Commission signed off on the first of the national recovery plans, which will receive funding from the €800 billion Next Generation EU Fund. Spain and Portugal were the first countries to have their spending plans approved. We continue to believe that the confluence of stimulus and unprecedented levels of M&A, restructurings and shareholder activism will create compelling special situations investment opportunities for the foreseeable future and believe the fund's portfolio is well positioned to reap the benefits of these events. We wish you and your family's continued health. Please feel free to contact me or Adam Ermanis, Ermanis at evermoreglobal.com, with any questions. Sincerely. David E. Marcus. Portfolio Manager.